that. Colossians chapter 1, 10. But what we're going to do is we're going to start by just reading 3 through 9. But 10 is going to be our focus. Colossians chapter 1, verse 10 is going to be our focus. But let's go back. And let's read 3 through 9 and set the stage very quickly for this lesson all found uh, today in verse 10 of Colossians. This is Paul writing, of course. We always pray for you and we give thanks to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people. Which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have ex ex you have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. Now, first notice in that verse he calls it the truth of the good news. Verse six: This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Verse 7, you learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved co-worker. He is Christ's faithful servant, and he is helping us in your behalf. Verse 8, he has told us about the love for others that the Holy Spirit has given for you, or your love in the Spirit for others. Verse 9, so we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will, to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. And then verse 10 is where we're going to focus today, but we're going to recap a little and focus today on verse 10. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Let us pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the for peace of your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for Dan being here. I ask, Father, that you just, uh, I thank you, Lord, for helping Teresa and Steve make it home safely. Now, Father, I pray that you go with us. And for this moment, we're together. Clear our minds of the world and all the clutter there is of the world. And let us, Lord, just, just, just focus on you. Let us receive by your spirit. Let us be receptors and let us be receptive to uh, your Holy Spirit, Lord, and what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, and we all said, Amen. Amen. Verse 10 starts out with then, or it may say that you might, according to which it means it's pertaining to something he has just said. So before we jump into uh, 10, we want to understand that verse 10 is a process. It's a progression of something that's progressing up to this. It's, a, it's an extension, I should say, of something that's progressing, progressing up to this. You know what I found out about life? about Christian life, it, it's a progression. I mean, it didn't just all fall on us at one time and, and, and we got where we are right now, Brother Boone, just all one day. It wasn't that, just it just, it just probably started that day. It should, and I'm sure it did, just started that day we received Jesus or believed on Jesus, whenever that was. And it may not have been necessarily the day we walked up an aisle somewhere and made a public profession. I don't know about you, but my salvation experience started as a very young child. Very young, long before uh, I ever made that what's called a public profession of faith. I, I, I knew about Jesus and I knew about God. I knew I believed on Jesus, but it was important. It was important for me to take that step. And so it's been another step and a progression all the way. He talked about ever since you've learned the good news, the truth about God's wonderful grace. He interchanges the good news. You remember last time what we said good news meant? Anyone remember what it was taken? It's actual gospel. Your Bible may say gospel. It's, it means exactly the same thing. It really was first God spell, G-O-D-S-P-E-L. God spell was what it was taken from. But it actually meant the thing that the angels first announced that or, or the angel first announced to Mary. I bring you 
Good tidings of great joy. Now I want to tell you something right here. If what people are teaching as the gospel is not great joy, if it's bringing burden on people, it's not the gospel. It's not the good news. There's a lot of things being called the good news. And I think Paul struggled with that all through his writing. He had people, he said, if anybody's preaching any other gospel to you because he's saying any other good news, and I want to tell you some of the stuff I'm hearing being preached, it ain't good news. It's some of the same old stuff that God's angry and, and anyway, let's go on from that. Now, like verse 8, he said, we're operating in the gift of love for others by the Holy Spirit. We've talked about this. We've talked about this, and we'll talk about it a little more in a minute. He says, I continue to pray. Now, I want to point this out, and I pointed this out last week. We pray for folks, and we pray for the church. But you know when we really ought to pray for the church is when the church is doing good, too. We don't, stop, we don't need to stop praying for one another because we're okay. We need to pray for one another all the time, not just when things are bad. Sometimes we think, okay, I can mark that one off the list. They're better, or things are getting better, and, and they're doing better. I can concentrate. No, no, no. Paul said, it's for this reason that you have this love. And I said, so that I continue to pray for you. And that's important. He said, I continue to pray for, the, for you to have, for God to give you knowledge of his will or the gift of knowledge for God's will. And remember, all this is based on love of the Holy Spirit. The first thing we have to have in life as a Christian believer, we have to let God do his operation of love in our hearts. There has to be, because we can't love, and we'll talk about that again in a minute. We can't naturally love one another. We don't naturally love one another. We love ourselves. It takes an act of God that has to be inserted in us by the Holy Spirit for us to learn to love one another. And sometimes we fight against that and we reject that. So once we're operating in these gifts, and they're all gifts, is anything we have not a gift? Is everything a gift? Did we have any choice in where we were born and who we were born to and, and what kind of social standing we would have or what the culture would be? Did any of you have any choice in any of that? I didn't. God didn't consult with me and say, where do you want to be born? So we shouldn't get, David, we shouldn't get puffed up and stick our chest out and say, well, you know what? I've got mine. I know the Lord Jesus Christ. All these other people could too if they wanted to. I say this all of the time and this has become my theme for life. The ground at the cross is level, Right? But the distance to the cross for some people is a lot farther than it is for other people. Amen. The place you're starting from is a lot different. If you were raised in a Christian home here in the Bible Belt of America and the free America, you know, that's, that's a gift from God, isn't it? That's a gift from God to be here because we could have been anywhere else. And that's a whole other thing. So we get to verse 10. He says, then... We're talking about all of these things that work together, all based on the Holy Spirit. We understand God's will for our life. We have that gift of, of spiritual wisdom and understanding. We call that discernment a couple of weeks ago. He said then, he said then in verse 10, the way you live, and let's stop right there. Did you know that this is a truth and grace way? This is the progression of the truth, the gospel way, the grace way. Everything is an unmerited gift. Everything we have comes from God. All that I am, whatever I am, it has come from God. I had no say in most of my life of what's going on. I've had no say in a great deal of my life. God blesses, and then those gifts transform our lives. We don't transform our lives, and then God blesses us with gifts. That ain't how it works. That's never been the way it works. God blesses us with gifts, and as we learn to utilize those gifts, the way we live is transformed, and it's all based on our love for other people. 
We learn to know God's will. That's what he talked about in the last time. We learn to know what God's will is. He speaks to us and, and he talks to us through other people, through the, through the word, through, through preaching, through songs, through all kinds of things. God speaks to us and he confirms what his will is for our lives. That's really what I do when I stand up here. I'm not going to tell you anything new. What I'm going to do is if I'm in working in God's spirit, I'm going to confirm something to you that you already know. I'm going to confirm something to you that you're wanting to know that maybe God has already told you. I'm not going to tell you anything new. So God blesses us with gifts. We learn to utilize them, and this transforms the way we live. And then he says, that way we will always honor and please the Lord. Remember, we start with the love for others. That's the fundamental building block, the platform that believers' life must be built on. And listen, I'm going to tell you, I told you this last time, but I can't emphasize this enough. We can, we can imitate. It's all right, son. I enjoy that. Oh, it's a grin. It, uh, it, this is so fundamental that we must, we must, there's a lot of things that we can do by sheer effort. You know, we can keep the commandments by sheer effort. By just by our own will, we can go long periods of time without lying or stealing or, or cheating or coveting or committing adultery or murdering by sheer will. But did you know that we cannot love one another by sheer will? We can't make ourselves love people. Only God can do that. Only the Holy Spirit can get us where. And everything else then is built on that. No wonder, Gary, he said, the royal law is love thy neighbor as thyself. That has to come from God, don't it? Because I don't have that in me. I don't have that in me, brother. I don't have it in me. So see, God just confirmed something to you, didn't he, Gary? I saw that. God just confirmed something you were waiting on confirmation for. Okay. And he talked about the gift of going not knowing God's will, and that's what we talked about last week. We feel led, and then God confirms things to us. We're wondering. Sometimes we're in a thing. And you know, God confirms things to me from the strangest places, the oddest places. God can, God will just use somebody on the street sometime, and they'll say something that God has been putting on my heart or on my mind, and they'll just bring something up and say something that's like, have you been listening? Have you had my... Get out of my brain. <laughs> get, get out of my head. Because you're, you're talking something that God has been saying. And they confirm it. And then he talked about that gift of spirit, spiritual, concernment, uh, spiritual discernment last time. And that's going beyond the natural perception to make a nuanced judgment. I want you to think about that for a moment too. Because we're all building up to what he said here in verse 10. You and I need to learn how to use God's spirit and to use what he does with us. You know, we don't need to just call it a gut. I had this gut feeling. I had this feeling that wasn't right. No, you and I have the ability through the love of God that he's given us and through his spirit in us, you and I have the ability to make a nuanced judgment about things and about people. You should never. Do you, have you ever gone against that gut feeling and regretted it? <laughs> See? See, we should pay attention to what the Spirit does inside us. Now, these gifts are utilized to lead a way of life that always honors and pleases the Lord. Did you know this is how Jesus operated? Judy, as I began to think about Jesus' life, Jesus' life, the foundation of his life was love. It was just love for others. He loved everybody. He had compassion. If it, I'm not, Please take this the way it's meant. If Jesus had a fault, it was that he just loved folks too much. He would, there was times that he would go without eating. There's times that he would go without sleep to be able to heal people and touch people and teach people. He just had compassion. He was driven by that. This is the exact progression that Paul is talking about. All built 
on our love for other people. He had that love. He, above all things, he knew the Father's will. What did he say? I don't do anything. The Father and I are one. We're on the same page all the time. I don't do anything that's outside the Father's will. And he had spiritual discernment. Jesus knew who was against him. And he knew who was for him, didn't he? That's, that's a good point of spiritual discernment right there. That's what Jesus had. But he goes on and not only will we live a life that always pleases and honors the Lord, but there in verse 10, and our life will produce every kind of good fruit. Now, when you start talking about good fruit, oh yeah, that's winning souls. That's getting people saved. It's really not. It's really not. What it means is, is that blessing will flow out, not only flow in us, but blessing will flow out from us onto other people. Have you ever been around folks that just love to be around because they're just a blessing to be around? You know what that is? That ain't who they are. That's who Jesus is in them. That's the love of God flowing out from them. He said, your life will produce every kind of good fruit. Blessing will flow out on everyone we come in contact with. He's talking about spiritual fruit. Let me read to you from Galatians, the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. Now I want you to stop right there for a moment. I want to tell you something up front. Did you know that the first three of this list are for us personally? They're internal. The last six, he names nine things here, and the last six things are what flow out of us because these are in us. These first these first three fruits of the Spirit belong to us as believers. And once these are secured in us, the love, the joy, and the peace then comes, and all the rest of these are flowing out on other people. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Did you ever notice that before? That three of those are internal. Three of those belong to us. Three of those are from this life of, of, of knowing the good news and knowing the gospel and, and, having, and working off of that foundation of love for one another. And then these other things flow out. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, and peace. Those are ours inside. But once those are established inside, we... The patience, the kindness, the, the goodness, the gentleness, and the self-control flows out on others. And then he goes on. He wasn't finished in verse 10. He said, your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow. All the while. He's talking about a process to be implemented. Now, I want to tell you something about God's gift, and everything's a gift. They're all there for us to ask for. They're all there to our access for us to ask for. All the gifts are there. They're all built on love. And the first thing we do, if we can't establish love for others in our life, I want to tell you something a friend of mine and I had a, had a conversation about it, and you can disagree with me, and that's okay. We'll still love one another. But if I say all kinds of hateful things about someone or a group of people, and I say all kinds of hateful things about them, and then I tag it at the end, but, but I'm going to pray for them. I love them. I'm going to pray for them. Folks, that ain't love. Don't lie. Don't lie, that ain't love. We can't, Judy, we can't be both. We can't, we can't be all red-faced and, and full of hate toward a person or a group of people and then turn around and say, but I'm going to pray for them because I love them. No, you don't. No, I don't. If I've just said a bunch of hateful, awful things about them, I don't love them. I hate them. And that's not, and therefore, none of the fruits of the Spirit. I have to learn to love. They say, oh, but I love them. I just hate the sin. We don't have the capacity. 
to separate the two. We don't have the capacity. I don't have the capacity to separate the two. I either love or I hate. I can't, I can't love and hate at the same time. Well, that's the way God is. God, yeah, God's already taken care of the sin problem. Jesus was the cure for the sin problem. Sure, God hates the sin. Sure, sin is bad. and Sure, sin has consequences. But you and I are not the judges of what it is. We're not the judge. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. I hear people get out and they just rail on the, on the homosexual folks. And they say, but I still love them. And I pray for them. Don't lie. Don't lie. We don't, we don't love them. If we hate them, it gets what, whatever comes out of our mouth is what the truth is. That's where the heart is. That's what's in the heart. You say, preacher, I don't like preaching like this. I'd rather, I like preachers where I can go out of the church really angry at a group of people. <laughs> I don't like to go out of the church angry with myself. <laughs> but that's, I'm just telling you what the Spirit of God has taught me. To operate in the gift of this gift of love for others is foreign to our human nature, so it must be inserted. It's gifted. It must be exercised. I can go have, I can go pay for electricity to be turned on in your home if you don't have it. I can go pay for the electricity to be turned on in your home. And you can refuse to utilize it. It can be a gift that I've given you. And you can just say, I'm not going to use it. I ain't turning on a light switch. I ain't plugging up the fridge. No, no, no. You know, it's really up to you. But the gift is still there, isn't it? Because I've, I've had the power turned on. I've had the meter plugged in and the power's on. It's going to be up to me whether I ever throw a switch or not. Say, well, that's works and you see. No, that's not works. That's just receiving a gift. We're not good at receiving gifts. Have you ever noticed that about us? We're just not good at receiving gifts. Well, it's more blessed to give than to receive. No, there's some blessedness in receiving too. There's some blessedness in receiving. I've had people to get on to me in my life, and I've confessed this to you. They say, well, you know, you're always giving, but you never want to take anything. You never, you never want to receive. And I've had some people say, you're going to take this because you're going to have to learn how to receive things. And I didn't understand. It was so foreign to me. I didn't understand what they were talking about. Folks, we need to learn how to let people do things for us. We need to learn how to receive things, right? That's, still, that's gracious too, isn't it, to receive things? Isn't that gracious? You ever seen anybody you just almost had to get in a fight with them to give them something? And sometimes I think that's the way we are with God. So then he goes on and says, all the while you will grow. What does the word grow mean? It means active expansion, transformation, and development. That's what we're supposed to be. If you and I have a plant in a garden, if we went into the garden and we transplanted our tomato plants and they just stayed that size, what would we do? Something's wrong. We need them to expand. We need them to transform. We need them to develop. And that's what all of this is for for us is that we are expansion. We're in the growth that we may grow. Only the truth of God's wonderful grace from verse 5 and 6 will lead to active growth. This is the point of this. Grace liberates. This, this wonderful, uh, this wonderful, God's wonderful grace liberates us. Legalism stagnates us. In grace and truth, our personal image and our perception of God is always expanding. The more we learn of his unmerited, unconditional love, 
the more we realize that that's the catalyst for all he does and the bigger and the more awesome he is. The more we realize that all of our life is just a gift from him, that everything we possess, everything that we're given an opportunity to be over for a little while, all of those things are just gifts from God. Because David, I had no say in who I would be and where I would be in life. He somehow chose. And so is that not a gift from him? Is it not a gift from him? Everything that I want to claim as my own, I shouldn't be claiming those things as my own. They're gifts from him. Now, the legalist approach is much different. The legalist approach is that God is angry. He's unappeasable. He's distant. And pleasing and honoring him, now notice that, Jack, that Paul said here, if we want to please and honor him, it'll come natural to us. We'll just naturally live a life that's pleasing and honors God. But when we're living under legalism, when we're living under the, the bond of legalism, uh, pleasing him and honoring him is a task that we feel like we have to perform. And then we find out we can't because we're convinced that we're overshadowed by our sin and our failure, and therefore we're stagnant and we're frozen. We're not growing. We're not growing when we think God is always angry and God just can't be pleased. I'm spending my whole life, I've spent my whole life trying to please him, and I just can't please him. I want to tell you something. No one loves a daddy they can't please. No one loves a daddy that they just can't do anything right for. And God's not that kind of daddy. God is pleased. He's pleased with you because of your faith in Jesus Christ and because of what Jesus Christ has done and because you've entered into his wonderful grace. That is good news, folks. That's good news. It ain't good news when you come and tell me, Boone, that, well, well, God wants to save you, but to save you, you're going to have to do this and this and this, and, he won't, and if you don't do any of that, he's going to take it away from you. That's not, that's not good news at all. That's just more bad news as far as I'm concerned. That's just some more bad news. But in the gifts that follow the truth of God's wonderful grace, the good news, we will all the while grow as we learn to know God better and better. And let's get to the bottom of it. Isn't that really what we want to do? Did you notice that, that Jesus said to the devout religious law keepers of his time, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, did he not say to them, you don't know my father at all? He said, if you did know him, you would know who I am. Isn't that what he said? That's all right, brother. God's confirming it to you. So, so he, didn't say, he didn't say, you don't know about my father, did he? Because they knew about him. They knew some things about him, but they didn't know him. He said, if you knew him, you would know me. In their writings and teachings, and I'm talking about the Old Testament teachings of the Jews, in their writings and teachings, they had managed to preserve the righteousness of God. They managed to preserve the wrath of God concerning sin, but they had failed to preserve and communicate the mercy, the grace, the love, the fatherhood of God that has appeased his wrath and satisfied his righteousness. God's wrath has been appeased, and his righteousness has been satisfied both in one thing. Who was it? Jesus. All in Jesus. That's all taken care of. It is his love. Have you ever heard that expression and read that expression in the Bible? For love covers a multitude of sins. But that ain't my love and your love. That's his love. His love covers the multitude of sins. Mine and your love can't cover anything. In fact, we don't even have true godly love till we have Christ. It's his love. 
that covers the multitude of sins. But the way the author writes that, love covers a multitude of sins. He's talking about love your brother, love one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. And we think that somehow by loving one another, we're covering a multitude of sins. We're not. That love that covers a multitude of sins, Lynette, is God's love for me. The love of Jesus covers this multitude of sins. So what's the summary? The truth about God's wonderful grace is good news. And it results in the gift of love for others. And I want to tell you one thing before I close this. We must learn to experience unconditional love before we can produce unconditional love. Do you think that's fair? If we've never experienced the unconditional love of God, we cannot produce, we cannot put off the unconditional love of God. We cannot spread around the unconditional love of God. Too many people are living their life. They're living a Christian life. They've believed on Jesus and they're living their life and they are not experiencing the unconditional love of God. They think they're still under somehow the curse. I, Brad, you know that you were there one night when I walked out of a service one night when the preacher got up in the service and said, You're, you, you, you can either be tonight, you can be, a, as a believer, you can be under the, the blessing of God or you can be under his curse. No! 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 Absolutely, because my curse fell on who? There's my curse. There's my curse. Jesus on the cross. There's where my curse fell. I can't be under the curse. Because if he did, Jesus died in vain. Amen. He died for nothing. If Jesus didn't pay at all, he died for nothing. Because if I have to pay any of it, Jessica, I can't pay it. I don't have it to pay. It's not in me. Had it been in me to pay some of it, I might have could have paid all of it. But I can't pay any of it. And this transforms us when we experience this unconditional love. It transforms us into a life that's honoring and pleasing, producing every good fruit, all the while growing to know more about God. No, growing to know God who he really is, better and better in our life. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. You might not take that as a Christmas message, but that's a Christmas message right there. Because behold, I have brought you good tidings of great joy. And they should produce love, joy, and peace in you. And then it's going to flow out from you. That love, joy, and peace in you is going to flow out is patience and goodness, and kindness, and all of those things that people are so looking for in the world today.